Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. And it's a week. It's a week. I I had a segue, but I completely blacked it out. Uh, <laughs> what are we talking about, Bradley? <laughs> we are talking about the Ahsoka novel. Yes, we're not doing the show the strikes are still ongoing yeah. uh right now as we record this it is august the 16th and uh the wga is currently negotiating with the amptp they're going back and forth we're not supposed to know what's happening in the room but we kind of know what's happening in the room it's we're bracing for several more weeks of this shit before they even get to sag after but that's okay because we have some really fun things planned for this show, particularly in September, which I'm I'm very, very excited for what I'm going to be doing in September. And Bradley's very excited to not have to deal with what I'm going to be doing in September. <laughs> All righty. Well, I don't think we have much of an intro. Obviously, uh, we did time this novel relatively appropriately, Bradley. You know what? I thought if we couldn't cover the show, what a better alternative than to celebrate the spirit of the week and still kind of celebrate the spirit of the character by talking about this book. Yes. And I also think more people should read this book. Like, I think you should read this book before you watch the show. I, I agree. I Like, I'm going to have my criticisms of the book. I don't think it's a perfect work of fiction, but I do think it's one of the better Ahsoka stories. Yeah. And I think that it's a really interesting look into her character in between the events of Order 66 and Rebels happening uh right. so i do think I, I do think yes definitely it's a very short read so at time of recording i just got back from a trip uh and i took the novel on the plane with me because i was like i will read this i have a four and a half hour flight i finished it in like two hours it was not a long book to get through uh you can definitely get through this in the two days between when this episode drops and when the ahsoka show comes out yeah i, I think that's doable for sure i think it's doable i don't know how long the audiobook is but yeah i mean and i don't feel like pulling it up right now but uh, i also it, don't feel I like mean, pulling it up it right took now. i don't think it took me more than two weeks and that was because i listened to only like 20 minutes at a time you know what i mean so it, like that's like a chapter a day i guess for some people yeah because like, chapters yeah. and audiobook average like 20 30 minutes ish right. so not everybody is me who just blows through these books because <laughs> he gets to listen to them all day at work and it's right. great speaking of the audiobook and the novel before we dive into it bradley would you like some additional information on ahsoka yes please so ahsoka is a young adult novel written by ek johnston it was released on october 11th 2016 i didn't double check this but i think this was around the time of the second season of Rebels, it was either while it was airing or right before the second season aired that this actually came out. So this was written to tie into the second season of Rebels, where, spoiler, Ahsoka is a pretty prominent character in that season. Uh, E.K. Johnston, who is the author, has written a couple of Star Wars books. Uh, I believe this was the first one that she did. She's also written the entire Queen's trilogy, which is, I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head, uh, Queen's 
Shadow, Queen's Peril, and Queen's Hope. Did I get that right? I think sure. I got that right. I can double check. Uh, <laughs> I was I like, it sounds fa- right to me. <laughs> I did, in fact, get that right. Yay. She's also writing the forthcoming Star Wars Crimson Climb. Uh, other books of hers include Etherbound, uh, The Afterwards, and Exit Pursued by a Bear. I haven't read any of these, but those were hey, yeah. titles I found fun uh, that she has also. The audiobook. Now, they did something really interesting with the audiobook, Bradley. Yeah? Yeah, they they actually got a person who owns a fashion label to, to narrate it. Yeah, it was super What a choice. Weird. Yeah, it what a weird a choice. weird, bizarre choice. <laughs> Uh, to get somebody who who founded a clothing manufacturer to be this audiobook reader, but okay, uh, Lucasfilm, I guess do it. Okay, Lucasfilm, or... you certainly made a lot of choices with this one. <laughs> no, the audiobook is narrated by Ashley Eckstein. The joke is she's the founder of the clothing manufacturer company Her Universe, which I own several items from. Uh, she is also most known as being the voice of Ahsoka Tano in the Clone Wars and Rebels. So that's who narrates this audiobook, which I haven't listened to, but I desperately want to. Both times I've read it, it's been via text. Yeah, I think it definitely enhances the the listening power of this story if you can listen to Ashley Eckstein tell the story in Ahsoka's voice because it truly is Ahsoka's voice. I mean, we know what she sounds like in the show and you're just like, the second you hear her speak in the audiobook, you're just kind of like, oh, she's telling us a story. Like, it's amazing. So I I am just now learning that in the short story anthology from a certain point of view, which I've mentioned before on this show, that there is a story called By Whatever Son that Ashley Eckstein actually narrated on the audiobook, and it was written by Eckstein and E.K. Johnston, and it focuses on the character of Miara Larte, who's the younger sister in this book. Oh, interesting. I, I remembered reading the book about Miara, but I didn't I didn't listen to the audiobook for, from a certain point of view, so I didn't realize that was Ashley Eckstein. That's so cool. Yeah. I really need to revisit from a certain point of view. <laughs> I guess so. I Clearly, I need to because it keeps coming up in these episodes. Well, Bradley, we'll just jump right into it then. What did you think of Ahsoka? You know, I thought this was a fun little adventure uh, with Ahsoka. Uh, it's, it kind of does something interesting, which is... I, I know we know all of Ahsoka's, basically all of Ahsoka's story already, <laughs> um, which is not Thank hard you, to Dave. do. Right. Uh, Dave Filoni made sure that we uh, we know just about everything uh, about Ahsoka and yes, more than Dave, we, we need know to know. you like her. We know you like her, Dave. You can stop writing. So- you can stop. You can yeah. stop, Dave. You can stop anytime you want. You can use other characters, Dave. It's fine, Dave. I mean, I guess, or not. Um, you know, Or fucking not. It doesn't seem to be uh, planning on doing anytime soon. But uh, no, I thought this was a fun story because it does tell you a part of the story we don't actually know, which is that interim time between she shows up in Rebels and when we last saw her in Clone Wars, you know, because she does kind of fuck off for a little bit. And we're like, what the hell is she doing while she fucks off? Well, this story tells you pretty much what she does the whole time while she's fucking off. And I should mention, I I forgot to mention during the additional information, this story is based on a brief outline, like a rough outline outline that was provided to Johnston by Dave Filoni uh, because Mm -hmm. I don't think they ever thought they were going to get to tell this story. The same outline was used as the basis for an episode of Tales of the Jedi. I'm gonna go try to go as long as possible without mentioning that episode of Tales of the Jedi. Uh, You can go back and listen to our coverage of Tales of the Jedi episode 6 Resolve for my 
my opinions on that episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and we did kind of, I think we briefly talked about the book in that episode. I don't briefly. know if we talked, I don't think we went too into detail of it, but we, we tried to slightly compare and contrast them in that episode. So if you want to hear that comparison, you can go back and listen to that episode. It's over there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it strictly to the book. Reading the book, I was struck by how much... Like, the book is concerned a lot with, like, how Ahsoka becomes Fulcrum, but not in the sense of, like, how she actually takes the job, even though she does at the end, but, like, mentally where she gets into a place where she's comfortable accepting this role. And one thing that's really interesting to me about what Johnston does with the character is that she portrays Ahsoka as somebody who is constantly thinking, constantly thinking about rebellion, constantly thinking of how she can help people, constantly thinking thinking about what she could do like early on in the book like the very first chapter she basically like skips town to avoid the empire and she leaves behind this like force sensitive girl that she knew and like she feels really bad about that so when she's able to go back she like leaps at the chance to like she goes immediately back there and is like i'm gonna try to help out here and when she's on rada which is the moon like when she first arrives on rada uh it's either moon or a planet i can't remember uh but when she first arrives on rada she's immediately like okay if it comes to it, what can the people here use to protect themselves? She's almost, she's got that military strategy component still in her brain, but she's also constantly like thinking about that. She's also constantly like checking herself on that and being like, you know, maybe it was kind of actually super fucked up that a 14 year old girl was made to learn military strategy. Yeah. And this is just how my brain is now. So I, I liked the look into her character specifically. Uh, I liked just the way that the book spends a whole bunch of time delving into like the psychology of Ahsoka and how she gets from point A to point B, I thought was really, really interesting. And also just setting up the idea of like intelligence, the value of intelligence as a military tool, like why it's so important to have a good intelligence network. Like when Bale sends his guys to go get Ahsoka and they don't know what they're doing and she like knocks them out immediately and <laughs> would have escaped if R2 hadn't been there. So I think it's really, really interesting what Johnson has done with the character in the book, as well as also like the environments that Ahsoka has been placed in and the characters that she has been placed with. I do think the book has a, a nasty habit of like bouncing back and forth between different places like she goes to like she's on the one planet the first planet she's on i can't remember leaves and we assume she's never going to go back but like all those characters those characters were actually going to be important later on it's, it's right. a couple of yeah. different things spread out over the entire book and they don't really collectively tie together until the end but each group that she's with is is an interesting collection of people that she gets to interact with like uh Kaden and Miara and the bartender uh and the crew lead and some of the others that she interacts with I thought were really interesting especially on a second read would love to see more with these characters yeah I don't think it would be that hard to do more it wouldn't with them. be I, I think it's honestly even if Ahsoka wasn't a part of the story you could have these characters continue doing what they're doing or whatever they need to do to tell their their side of the story essentially and 
she wouldn't even have to be a part of it. Honestly. Yeah, and I know Miara's gets her short story and from a certain point of view, but that's not enough for me, Lucasfilm Publishing. I, <laughs> I need more with some of these characters just to flesh them out because some of the characters too felt like they were filling roles in the narrative more so than they getting to explore them as characters in their own right. I think really only Caden, Miara, and Ahsoka really got any sort of like interesting character development. I liked all of the characters, but most of them were kind of filling their roles in the story with one big exception too, which is Bail Organa is in this and get some great stuff in this. I, I do. Yeah, I think the one I think the one character I would want something more. I maybe, you know, honestly, they've done like with we've just covered Red Blade, you know, they've done a lot with less. So I would say that maybe uh, the the little girl could be something uh, moving forward. Yeah, the farty like, girl, the farty right, girl. Uh, do, I don't remember her name, but um, it starts with an H. I I wanted to call her Ashla, but then I was like, wait a minute. That's, no, that's just that's, that's just the Soka's name. <laughs> Hadala. 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 Okay. Hadala so is her name. I think that would be a really good direction to go is like do obviously a time jump. Oh, yeah. And then have that character right have survived at least the empire. You know what I mean? And then go from there. Because then you could still kind of stay in the what we'll call the Mando timeline. What they're trying to do, the post Republic or whatever. New it is. Republic. New Republic timeline. era. They're trying to develop the New Republic timeline. So I feel like they should start doing novels and stuff in the New Republic timeline and i think i also 100 percent agree with this yeah i think that would be a great character to do you know because we know that she's force sensitive so it would just be an interesting like thing i just had the best idea i love the idea of somebody who's like a merchant who has like latent force sensitivity yeah and that's like their thing oh i love that well i also love the idea of like if you take this story of this girl like you know she doesn't know she's special right and then somehow her her force abilities are you know they're subdued until some obviously thing happens and awakens her abilities you know i don't think based on my memory of it having reread it i don't i think ahsoka kind of intimates to some people what's going on with her but i don't think she ever really gets the chance to sit down and explain like here is what the force is and what you are doing like that's i think she i don't know if it's her inner dialogue or she explains it but she says something along the lines of like if as long as she stays you know away from the empire and no one trains her her powers will just slowly fade away and it won't be an issue later on in life I feel like I read that or it's some part of that story. Yeah. And it's something that it's something that's come up in Mando too. Like when she tells, when she tells uh, Din, it's better to just let Grogu's powers fade. So speaking of Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade, as you mentioned earlier, (laughs) uh, I was going to say, hey, I wonder if we could get maybe a story with the sixth brother, the Inquisitor in this. We already have. He shows up in Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade, Mm -hmm. and he is in seven issues of the Darth Vader 2017 run. Nice. I swear, Bradley, you and I should just go through the Darth Vader 2017 run at this point. (laughs) We basically have at this point. We've discussed it quite a bit. I'm just saying, let me add that to our list of if the strikes go on for a really long time, break down Darth Vader 2017 oh by God. Charles Soule. There's all that Inquisitor content that Bradley wants. It's You know what? That's where... All it, yeah, order that's and Darth Vader product. 2017. Most of it is there, so... <laughs> yes, please let us know if you want us to do comics. I will bully Bradley into it. No, he's shown up in a couple of, a couple of different, like, 
I don't know where he was in Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade, though. Like, I don't remember. He must have been sort of a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Um, or maybe he was in one of the Darth, the sections that's just the Darth Vader comics again. Yeah, I think when they were talking about the other Inquisitors, like, I, I, except for the part where she fights with the sister, I think they're just like, yeah, they're just there. They, she just explains like, oh, they're over there or they're, yeah, they're at over this there. event. Yeah, so it's not like super important, but he's definitely at the last scene where they're all drinking or whatever, celebrating or having a yeah, mini party. Then, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely so just we've, chilling. We've gotten a bit with him before. Right. Yeah, it was... It was interesting. I really liked the whole like purifying the kyber crystal thing because I think this is where it comes from. If I'm remembering correctly, this was how that was established. Uh, That's how you get a white lightsaber blade is you have to purify. And there's very few people with a white lightsaber blade. I can only think of two of them off the top of my head. And they're both in the High Republic. I was like, I can only think of one and she's got two of them. Yes. (laughs) Yep. No, I, you know who really disappointed me though i will say when i reread it what's his face pilar the capitalist guy he gets like three or four different interludes he's like the capitalist guy who's the one or the one who basically comes in and comes up with the idea to basically strip farm this planet and Mm. leave He's he gets like several inner monologues like chapters where he's just sitting and thinking to himself about how evil he is and how great it is to do <laughs> capitalism and how yeah. how he doesn't care about all of the people and then he gets unceremoniously murdered off screen well it doesn't it, even mention it, he got murdered yeah. by name it just mentions that he got killed like the guy who came up with it got killed and i'm like yeah this great villain set up yeah, and well. didn't do anything with him that's because it's cooler to have the Inquisitor be the villain for five seconds. Yeah, the Inquisitor <laughs> just kind of takes over villainy. Like, this guy is set up to be the main villain, like a Count yeah. Vidian type. You don't know who that is because you haven't read A New Dawn, right? Do you even know what A New Dawn is? A New Dawn is the How Did Kanan and Hera Meet story. Oh, interesting. And it forms a labor union and kills a capitalist. Ray Sloan is in it. It's really good. Oh, random. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, no, that's where she originated in, actually, was in that novel. And then and Chuck Wendig the brought game. her, well, no, Chuck Wendig brought her back for Aftermath. Oh, okay. And then okay. she got put in Squadrons. Got it. And then she got mentioned in Phasma. You see, everything yeah. ties back to Phasma, Bradley. <laughs> everything a... comes back to that novel. <laughs> it really does. The it only really novel does. that they need to do something with. That's already perfect. And then doesn't have to be changed <laughs> at all. No, but yeah, you're right. I, he's kind of a kind of a meh villain because you're right. He just kind of is gone. And then you're just kind of like, well, what was the point of even introducing him then if we're not going to do anything with him? But, yeah, if we're like, not going to. He could have just been like, a, like not even an off screen character, but like they could have just talked about him being like a thing and then just then he died you know what i mean like as a plot point rather than an actual character well johnson sometimes does this she does this in the queen's trilogy queen shadow trilogy i don't know what to call this trilogy of books the padme trilogy i think is how it's supposed to be referred to she does this in the padme trilogy too where she'll like jump randomly over to a different character right and some of them are really interesting and some of them are like i don't know why we're spending our time with this person her mole one sticks out to me really 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 hard from Queen's Peril because she kind of does. I would say this because we're we're not going to cover the Padme trilogy on this show. I've read all the books; they just aren't for me. I I would I would feel bad giving them like a critique. 
speak just because right. they they're not for me uh those books were not written with me in mind i can enjoy them in that capacity but i just want to leave them where they are but she does a really interesting interlude there's a part in queen's peril where it basically does kind of a mini from a certain point of view for the phantom menace there's a mall interlude where he's like planning out the duel ahead of time where he's like walking around and he's determining exactly where he's going to lead the Jedi to separate him. I did really like that a lot in that book. So sometimes it jumps over and it's really interesting and it provides a lot of interesting context. And then sometimes like with the guy in this one, it's just like these don't really do anything. Right. Six brother ones are interesting, though. Yeah, I was going to say they they I feel like she should have utilized those chapters or sections for more of the six brother because i think his even his sections are more interesting because he even gives us glimpses into the whole you know infighting thing and competition with the other inquisitors because he's kind of like oh shit i need to find this jedi before anybody else because they're gonna fucking try to steal my bounty yeah there's a bit where he's like frantically searching to be like does anybody else know about this can i get to this first and this may be one of the first times that we'd ever gotten inside an inquisitor's head like this I'm, I I don't know my timeline of releases on books, but I do think this may be the first time we've ever seen an Inquisitor as a POV character, which yeah, is it definitely, really interesting. I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I would say, at least for me, it was. So in mean, my timeline of reading, you know, I mean, like I read this one first, so this book before I read Red Blade. So, I mean, that really was, yeah, it, kind of a first glimpse into an Inquisitor story for me. And that's that's really cool. Yeah. And we get the Grand Inquisitor at the end of the book. Right. Which is fun. Always, always fun to see the Grand Inquisitor here. Love to see that guy. I love to see that guy. I love <laughs> that that guy turns up in things now. When he showed up, when he was going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy, he's going to chew the scenery and he in fact spent all of obi-wan kenobi chewing the scenery i loved it i also think this book has an interesting like looking back on it in the context of ahsoka and where ahsoka has gone in sort of the mandalorian and into book of boba fett and her various appearances there at time of recording there's going to be another show but we haven't seen it nor can we talk about it yet but speaking on on those, like her journey with those, and then also going back and getting to see her like explored in Clone Wars Season 7, because Clone Wars Season 7 was released after this book. So this was like one of the first times we had gotten substantial Ahsoka content since the end of the Clone War, when she walked away at the end right. of Season 5. Where does this book uh, fit in the timeline of the stories, though, other than just in between Clone Wars and Rebels? Like, or at least this in, is like the first with like seven. year. I don't want to touch on that. This is the first year after Order 66. Okay. So we we see in the book, the book is complicated in right. terms of its being able to fit into the chronology. This is probably the hardest to get, like cram in there and have it fit. Because some of the stuff in there works really well, like the transitioning of the clone troopers out and replacing them with the stormtroopers. Right. There's a couple of times that it's brought up multiple times the fact that part of how Ahsoka gets away with what she gets away with is the stormtroopers are not clone troopers. But then there's also some stuff that like retroactively hasn't really worked. Like there's an interlude with Obi-Wan Kenobi where Obi-Wan Kenobi is like meditating and he hears the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn. Well, obviously we know that that can't have happened anymore because in Obi-Wan Kenobi the show, which is 10 years later or nine years after the events of this novel, he says he hasn't been able to hear him. Got it. So there's some minor stuff in there. If you're going to read this book, if you're like me, 
and you like things to at least mostly fit together, and you didn't spend a lot of time making an exhaustive spreadsheet, breaking down chapter by chapter and issue by issue the chronology of the High Republic, and driving yourself insane trying to make it all fit perfectly together because you are mentally ill and uh, you have fixated on that to an insane degree, the High Republic is good, and Bradley's very lucky we're not touching on that yet. If you are the kind of person like I am, this will be a hard book for you to get. You just have to kind of take everything with a grain of salt. Right. You just kind of have to make it work in your brain. And I think it is worth making it work in your brain. I think it is worth it purely for the, the character work with Ahsoka and for just how good the story does turn out to be at sort of explaining where she's at in the second season of Rebels. I think it is absolutely worth it for that. Also, gay people, a gay person. Look, I'm just <laughs> happy to have any of them in a Star Wars book. <laughs> I know the High Republic is spoiling me. I know that Andor is kind of spoiling me. I'm just happy to see gay people. You know, this book does have a explicitly queer character in Caden Larte, who does have a crush on Ahsoka, uh, which I think is cool. Yeah. Uh, not the first uh, queer character that we had in canon, but one of the first new ones. The first one was Moff Moores from the uh, Lords of the Sith novel, who uh. is complicated. You can listen to my episode on Force Friends Rewatch if you want to hear me talk about the complicated history of one Moff Moores. But yeah, Caden Larde was one of the first, which is why certain TV shows irk me a little bit. They completely erased. And the... They completely ignored the character, but I'm, I, <laughs> I promised I promised I wasn't going to go in on that. I promised I was just going to keep this about the book. You went a decent amount of time before I we went a decent about... amount of time. How, how long did I go raw recording? It's about 31 minutes we've been raw recording. It'll yeah, be probably so... about 25 minutes into the episode. That a decent, that's a decent I, amount of time. I did well. I think I did. Yeah. I think I did really, really well. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself and I deserve a nice dinner to reward myself for having made it 30 minutes into the episode without complaining about Tales of the Jedi. Right. Yeah, I, I think the book is worth reading for a lot of reasons, uh, and that's one right. of them. Yeah, definitely. And I think for those of you who may have felt slighted by the episode of Tales of the Jedi, this is a perfect alternate story and or parallel story. If I, you so I still think, I still think you can kind of arguably you can't reconcile the opening of tales of the jedi but you can kind of reconcile the end because bale doesn't know ahsoka's alive in this like he doesn't know who the jedi is that's running around that's true uh but i i guess you could sort of kind of make the argument that maybe he just didn't know which jedi it was <laughs> you gotta kind of squint on both of them i'm i'm mm. I mean, I feel like it would be hard though, because, I mean, she's go. the only, I mean, like, she's the only Togruta that people, you know, are like, you know, they're like, There's oh. There's two, and one of them definitely died. Right, so and it's no like, Shakti died. It's Except kind of like, in wait a minute. Legends, when she didn't die, she died three different times. It was really weird. <laughs> um, and we will talk about uh, the death of Shakti probably in one of the September episodes that I'm doing. No, but I think it's, that's the, probably the only thing that I can't suspend my disbelief on these stories is that, you know, she is such a specific type of alien that is very semi-unique and well, that he there's not a ton running around. He 
you didn't see her until she breaks onto the ship and R2 doesn't erase one of the engineering things. He just knows a Jedi is running around. He doesn't know it's a Takuda. Gotcha. Yeah, he does. I don't think. No, I just so. mean like, I well, I just mean like in general, like in the universe, like if someone's like, oh, there's a Jedi in this town and they report it. It's like, well, what do they look like? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, obviously it's an alien. Well, he puts not it together. Person. He doesn't put it together directly from reports of Jedi. He just, he's like, there's somebody doing like a lot of do-gooder bullshit in this corner right. of the galaxy. Must be a Jedi. I need to, need I to can, look into that. I can kind of squint and make it work. Part of me wants to go to the, the Wikipedia article and see how they managed to reconcile that. But part of me also kind of don't, doesn't want to. Well, yeah, I, I think you either. I feel like, yeah, you can have your own head cannon. Although I will say I was recently on, I think, StarWars.com because they did like a little recap of her story recently. And they. For no particular reason. They just for no did particular a random reason. recap of Ahsoka's entire life but they, story. They completely uh, exclude this part of the story in that recap because they all, which actually surprisingly, they did use all of the animated stuff for this part of this, for her story, in addition to live action stuff. But they also included the animation, which in history has not always been the case, just because it's like they try to keep the animation separate for some reason, even though it's also canon. It, so it I used don't know. to be before Dave Filoni got his hands on most of the live action stuff. Right. Like, during the sequel era, it was movies were like the top tier, and then the animated stuff just kind of did its own thing. Right. And then, and then and at the bottom. you know, books and comics and various things. Uh, which was already kind of in defiance of like Disney's sort of mandate when they bought it that no everything's canon now everything is equal you don't have levels of canon anymore you don't have G canon and L canon and J canon and I am not shitting you this was an actual thing God. like during Legends you had like levels of canon that you had to say whether something is G canon or E canon or fucking ridiculous nonsense That's like so yeah. silly yeah fucking yeah real thing actually happened go look it up and then gradually that's all started to just break down and we're back to the we're back to kind of a worse situation because they won't establish like levels of canon i get it it's a mythology not a history different versions of the story are different but also starwars.com you are wrong <laughs> like far well, i also think it's me, probably it's probably really complicated me, to do that to tell whatever marketing person put together that article well, that, yeah, 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 uh, that they are wrong and don't know Star Wars. Uh, you are wrong to exclude this book. They could have easily just given it an extra paragraph and said like something along the lines of, and at one point in time, Ahsoka did this, 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 and took on an Inquisitor. Oh. And that's that, 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 that's it. That's like, but I, maybe they just didn't want to spoil the book. I don't really know no, how that's any think, different than spoiling think, the cartoons, but. I think they were given the animated stuff and they were given the live action stuff and maybe they weren't given the rest of it. I think so. I don't know who's to say it. Well, it may be because it, somebody's trying to make money by getting people to go somewhere and watch something on a thing that's on a website that pays money if you well, watch something on that thing. Well, the... And, like, it is irksome. Like, it is extremely irksome that this book is kind of, like, being pushed to the side. Yeah, like, I have pushed into Legends a little bit. A, a little bit. There was a joke that went around when Tales of the Jedi came out that, that was, like, this book with the Legends, Gold Legends banner at the top. But, I mean, Johnston... I have my criticisms of her as a writer, but she did take the whole thing in stride. The only thing she's really said publicly about the book is that like uh, Dave gave her an outline and then continued developing the character and did his own thing. And there's nothing really more to be said about it. And she's writing yeah. another book for them. She's writing a book about Kira. 
for them. Uh, her next Star Wars Crimson Climb is going to be about Kira. Oh, I like that. So, uh, I am very excited to get a Kira novel. We'll see if I actually end up liking the Kira novel. <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, I have I have liked her various appearances in the comics. I thought that was very cool that she showed up in those. Bradley doesn't know any of that. <laughs> No. <laughs> we just got Bradley to read the books, right? And it is hard. Listeners, it is hard to catch up on the comic. It is fucking difficult. Even if you have the Marvel Unlimited app, it turns into a massive pain in the ass because you have to figure out what order to read them in. Oh, God, yeah. Whether you want to go imagine. in a release order, chronological order, and then you have crossovers. You have oh, fucking, uh, what is it? The fucking vampire one the one on Rogan Voss, all of that, even the early runs, like you have these crossovers, like you have to have read everything up to them to know about yeah. them. And I'm just like, mm, it's, it's a pain. It's a pain. Uh, Darth yeah, Vader 2017 like is completely standalone. You can read that beginning to end without knowing anything else. You'll be fine. Also, The High Republic is a comics that you can read. Once again, I, I am back once again on my, uh, promoting the High Republic bullshit. Our friends over at Dark Side Divas are actually going through Light of the Jedi right now. They Love shit on me that. basically every episode. It's a You great know what? They need to bring you on because clearly you need to get this out of your system. So <laughs> oh. Dark Side Divas, if you're listening, please, please uh, invite I, I him have on been on Divas to talk Unleashed. about the shit. I have been on Divas Unleashed. Um, we will see if that happens again. Uh, but if you're one of their patrons, you can see me <laughs> complaining about their episode in my own little segment. Of their, well, not complaining. I actually like their episodes a lot. But I have massively tangented off of the Ahsoka novel. Bradley, do you have any final thoughts on the Ahsoka novel that we have not covered before? Um, I think I just have like a final thought, which is just that, you know, if you really like this character and you want more content from Ahsoka that you don't already get from the TV shows, um, you definitely should read this novel because it's just a fun, like, it's just a fun story about her. And it's, I definitely recommend audiobooking this just so you can hear Ashley Eckstein talk about or speak in the voice of Ahsoka again just from her point of view you know in a story i think it's fucking great and it's really what we've always kind of wanted from ahsoka yeah, my final thought is if you like the character of ahsoka and you want to spend time in her head uh i recommend uh to grit your teeth bite your tongue uh until it bleeds about the canonical issues of this uh and dive into the book it is well worth it the story is kind of okay it's really for me where it shines is in its exploration of the thought processes and the mental journey of one Ahsoka Tano. Uh, that's where I think the book really excels, and it's it's really worth getting through just for that. It's very excellent. All right, Bradley. Um, well, considering that the SAG-AFTRA is still on strike uh, as of recording, what will we be covering next week? Or a better question, where will we be going? next week i think we're gonna take a trip to black spire outpost oh wonderful we're yeah we are going to visit the black spire for the novel black spire <laughs> the the second half of the phasma duology kind yes. of she's so, not really mentioned in it right but it but does we follow still up get with all the characters we still get characters right <laughs> it follows up with all the characters so next week we will be talking about the novel Black Spire. Then we will have, I think, one more book uh, with the two of us. And then we'll be taking a little time 
Bradley has some work stuff. He also needs time to maybe read a couple more, one or two more books. <laughs> I know. We're kind of running out of books. We're kind of running out of Bradley's books. We've been doing them so quickly now, and it's like, oh, crap. We've been working through our back. We will come up with something. Uh, but there will be a three-week period where I'm going to do something very cool, but I, I'm not going to say what it is yet. Also, while I have people here, if you are a Legends fan and you are in the Burbank, California area, Legends Con is going on like the first weekend, first or second weekend in September. I would have to double check. I just purchased my tickets for it. So if you are a fan of Legends and you want to see me, I will be wandering around that convention uh, for the entire weekend. I guess I'm going to have to make you some merch to wear because otherwise... Uh... We need some free advertising. So well, we need you to wear Bradley, something. <laughs> well, Bradley, I was kind of hoping that my massive gay vibes <laughs> would clue people into who I am. We just need to get you a sign that says, speak to me, please. I host a podcast. <laughs> no, see, I was hoping it was the, the one-two punch of my distinctly annoying voice mm. and my incredible homosexual energy uh, will telegraph to people who i am love that but yes uh if you're in the burbank california area uh you can check out legends con on twitter i think it's legends underscore con i think it's the username uh and get your tickets i will be at that all righty well that's it for ahsoka the novel boy i love the seo of releasing the the totally unrelated novel episode <laughs> in the week that maybe certain things premiere. Certain things, yeah. Go us using uh, social media to our own advantage. <laughs> and speaking of social media, Bradley, go ahead and run our social media. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze. Although I did not read it at the time, uh, it took me quite a bit of time to read it, but you can cut that last little section out. I don't know where my brain was going with that. <laughs> I was like, ah, mm, shit, whoops. <laughs>